Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton here's what jesus is saying through this parable please don't miss it wherever jesus is working in the world the devil will attempt to spoil the impact of his work by planting tares among the wheat listen the tares are people who claim to be christians The tares are people who identify as Christians. They profess faith in Jesus Christ, but they're not true believers. Are you wheat or a tare? Are you a Christian in name only? Today, Pastor Dan teaches us the difference between a true believer and one who pretends to be a believer by using Jesus' parable of the wheat and the tares. Wheat and tares look the same, but the wheat produces a crop and the tares don't. The wheat practice God's word and the tares practice lawlessness. The wheat hates sin while the tares continually embrace sin. Let's examine ourselves considering all of God's holy word. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 13 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. currently in the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 13. If you want to turn there for me, Matthew chapter 13. We're also going to look back at Matthew chapter 5. Uh, I suppose if you can find Matthew chapter 13, you can find Matthew chapter 5. So, But we're going to turn there as well. Matthew chapter 13, as we've been going verse by verse through the Gospel of Matthew, we've made our way to Matthew 13. Uh, We left off at verse 24, where it says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. And so the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us to then go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now look down at verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. 
The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. And there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the gospel of Matthew as always, Lord. We're grateful to be in the gospel. And Lord, we pray and ask that your spirit would be our teacher today, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So remember, chapter 12 was a turning point in the ministry of Jesus Christ, because in chapter 12, the religious leaders formally rejected Jesus as the Messiah of Israel. And they rejected Jesus with full knowledge of who he was. Uh, The people of Israel were enlightened about the identity of Jesus through his teachings and as many miracles. They had tasted of the heavenly gift, as it says in Hebrews. They had tasted the good word of God and his power, yet they rejected him. They could not have more knowledge of Jesus than they had when they rejected him. And after Jesus was rejected, he began to teach in parables. He began to teach in parables. And for the remainder of his ministry in Galilee, whenever Jesus taught publicly, he taught in parables. And he did this in part to conceal the truth from those who rejected him. And you might think, well, that that doesn't seem very fair to conceal the truth from people. Well, teaching in parables was really an act of mercy. It was an act of mercy. How so? Well, the people have already rejected the truth. They've already rejected the light. They've made their decision about Jesus Christ. And they will be judged for the light they have received. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. If Jesus continued to give more and more light that they will just continue to reject, well, they will face greater judgment. They'll face greater condemnation. They'll they'll be storing up wrath for the day of wrath. So it was merciful of Jesus to hide additional truth from them through teaching and parables. The Bible says that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And he desires that all people everywhere would repent and come to salvation. And we see here Through parables now, he's actually showing mercy to those who have rejected him. And in our parable today, the parable of the wheat and the tares, and the two parables that follow, Jesus describes how Satan attempts to oppose the kingdom of heaven and undermine the work that God is doing in this world. 
And so this parable is important for us as believers. It helps us to understand and recognize how Satan works against the kingdom of heaven. Look again at at the parable in verse 24. It says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and then went his way. Now, the tares that are mentioned here, it's a type of weed that initially looks identical to wheat when it first sprouts. And so initially, it's difficult to identify tares. They look like wheat. But once the wheat and tares mature, then you can tell the difference. But by that time, the tares have taken root with the wheat. They're mingled together to the point that you can't remove the tares without damaging the wheat. And we see this in verse 26. Look at verse 26. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, once the wheat got a head of grain on it, then the tares also appeared. Then it became apparent. Once the the plants reached maturity and produced a crop, the tares became obvious because tares uh, don't produce grain. They don't produce fruit. Now note here that the tares were sown among the wheat intentionally by the enemy. This was done on purpose. And it was done on purpose in an attempt to ruin the wheat crop. And when the tares appeared among the wheat, the servants of the owner of the field, they became confused because they sowed good grain. They sowed wheat. And there's all these tares. And so the servants go to the owner in verse 27 and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? How did you end up with tares in your field mingled in with the the wheat? We, We didn't plant tares. We only planted wheat. And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, well, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Notice verse 30, let both grow together. That's important. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Uh, Again, the wheat and tares are growing side by side. They're mingled together. So any attempt to remove the tares from the field will uproot the wheat and destroy the wheat crop. And so the owner of the field tells his servants, just leave the tares, let them grow together side by side. Again, that's important. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, the tares will be separated from the wheat and the tares will be burned and the wheat will be gathered into the barn. Now look down at verse 36. And in verse 36, Jesus explains the meaning of this parable. It says in verse 36, Then Jesus sent the multitude away 
and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. If you remember, Jesus went out by the shore of the Sea of Galilee. A great multitude was there, and Jesus got into a boat, and he taught from a boat. And he taught this great multitude there. Well, now he finishes teaching. He sends the multitude away. He goes back to his home in Capernaum. And it's there that the disciples asked him to explain the meaning of this parable of the tares. Uh, We saw that Jesus explained the meaning of the parable of the sower who sowed the seed. And here he explains the meaning of this parable of the tares as well. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. You know, some of the parables are a little difficult to understand and make sense of, so it's great when Jesus explains the meaning to us so we don't have to try to figure it out on our own. And so he explains in verse 37, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, the field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Isn't this a wonderful Mother's Day message? Aren't you glad you invited your mom to church today? Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus tells us here the meaning of the parable. Jesus tells us, that he's the one who sows the seed. He tells us the field is the world. The seed that Jesus sows in the world are believers. Here they're called sons of the kingdom. Jesus spreads believers all over the world as a witness for him and his kingdom. He sends believers all over the world to proclaim the gospel, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to all nations and to make disciples. Uh, The book of Revelation tells us that in heaven, around the throne of God, worshiping will be worshipers out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So people from all over the world will hear the gospel, put their faith in Jesus Christ, and be saved. But the devil, we're told here, 
The devil also sows in the world. And the devil sows tares in the same field. This is important. The devil sows tares among the wheat. Not in a separate field, but mingled in among the wheat. The sons of the wicked one are sown among the sons of the kingdom around the world. Now, here's what Jesus is saying through this parable. Please don't miss it. Wherever Jesus is working in the world, the devil will attempt to spoil the impact of his work by planting tares among the wheat. Listen, the tares are people who claim to be Christians. The tares are people who identify as Christians. They profess faith in Jesus Christ, but they're not true believers. They say that they're Christians, and they kind of look like Christians. Remember I said that tares sort of look like wheat early on. So they, they look like Christians, they sound like Christians, they, they go to church, but they're not true believers. They're not born again. They're not regenerated by the Holy Spirit. There's no real fruit of the Holy Spirit or fruit of the word of God in their lives. What he's telling us here is that Satan intentionally mingles false Christians in among the true believers in an attempt to harm the genuine work that Jesus is doing through his disciples in the world. This is Satan's strategy. This is Satan's strategy to undermine God's work. Wherever God is working in the world, Satan comes into that work by sending his own people into the midst of it to ruin it and to spoil it. He sows tares among God's wheat, the sons of the wicked one, among the sons of the kingdom. And they're growing kind of side by side. They're mingled together. It's not easy to tell them apart. It can be really difficult to tell the difference between God's wheat and Satan's tares because they, they look similar and they're side by side. Now, why does the devil do this? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 41. Look at verse 41. The devil does this to offend, to offend. Now, the Greek word here is scandalon, is scandalon. Now, I, I attended a Youth for Christ event this past week, and the keynote speaker was Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow referred to three Greek words in his talk, and I thought, man, Tim Tebow is dropping Greek words here in his speech. I better step up my game a little bit. So the Greek word here is scandalon. <laughs> from which we get the word scandal or scandalous. This word, listen, if you're taking notes, this word can mean to cause to fall or stumble. Or it can also mean to draw someone away into error or sin. To draw someone away into error or sin. So get the picture of what Jesus describes here, of what's going on. Whenever Jesus is doing a work, people are hearing the gospel, repenting of their sins, committing their lives to Christ, making disciples. 
the devil will try to ruin that work by mixing in false believers who will cause people to stumble in their faith or even to draw people away into doctrinal error and sin. And look at verse 40. The devil will do this until the end of the age. Until the great white throne judgment described in Revelation 20. This is not something the devil did back in the first century or in the book of Acts. This is something, this is a tactic that the devil is still using today to try to undermine the work of the Lord in the world. Today, the devil is sowing tares among the wheat. And so this is important for us to understand this. It's important for us to know how to distinguish between wheat and tares. How do we identify a son of the kingdom from a son of the wicked one? I mean, they they look similar. They both profess faith in Jesus Christ. So how can you tell a tear from the wheat? Well, the way that you can identify the tares from the wheat is by their attitude toward the word of God. Their attitude toward the word of God. Look at verse 41 again. The tares or the false Christians, the sons of the wicked one planted by the devil practice lawlessness. They practice lawlessness. That's how you can identify them. They practice lawlessness. Now, the important word for us there is the word practice. So we're not talking about someone who who desires to obey God, who is trying to obey God, but falls short. The Bible says we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. So this is not someone trying to obedient to the Lord, but fails. The sons of the wicked one, the tares, they practice lawlessness. They practice lawlessness. Again, they profess to be a Christian, so you can't identify them by that. They identify as a follower of Christ, but they practice lawlessness. They live in sin and rebellion, and they have no desire to repent of their sins. They shamelessly practice lawlessness. This word lawlessness, it it, it literally means to be without the law. This is describing people who, again, they profess Christ, but they live in flagrant, open defiance of God's word and God's commands. And that's how you recognize them. What is their attitude towards God's word? What is their attitude towards God's commands? What what is their attitude toward what God calls sin and the Bible? A son of the kingdom will have a different attitude towards these things than a son of the wicked one. Turn with me back to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, if you remember chapter 5, we have the Beatitudes here at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, we have the first Beatitude. Remember this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is where we start as a believer. The true believer who is truly converted, truly born again, they recognize their own spiritual poverty. They recognize their own spiritual bankruptcy. That's where you start. And then verse 4, the next beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The true believer mourns over their sin. They're heartbroken over their sin. The true believer hates when they sin. 
they don't practice lawlessness. Not a true believer. A true believer doesn't flagrantly disobey God's commands. They grieve when they sin. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Reach true.